Olympic Channel podcast. Just making the Olympic Games is out of reach for the vast majority of people living on the planet. Being an Olympian means being a member of an elite group. But within that elite group, there are Olympic medalists, the best of the best. After years of sacrifice, there comes a moment of glory and you're written into the history books. So how does it feel when you expect to reach the podium but miss out? What do you do when you finish fourth? Nobody remembers someone that comes fourth. My first reaction was just never again, you're done. Fourth is, is a cruel, cruel place to end up twice. Hello, my name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best Olympians and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic Channel podcast. Coming up, many athletes take a personal best at the Olympics or use a disappointing performance to go on to bigger and better things. We'll be hearing from a Kiwi rower, Emma Twig. She finished fourth in London 2012 and at Rio 2016. She says it's about setting up a personal framework for success. It's about the expectation that I had placed on myself and not really meeting my own expectations and goals. And what about Olympic champion swimmer Katinka Hoshu? She swept to a memorable victory at Rio 2016. But before the famous victory of the Iron Lady came disappointment. She says she needed the taste of defeat in order to power herself to glory. Coming fourth, it was devastating. Everyone before the final told me that you just have to think positive. And I never thought about what if it doesn't happen. Olympic Channel Podcast. So when you look at a list of achievements from Katinka Hosu, it's incredible. She was an absolute star in Rio 2016 with a world record in the 400 meter individual medley. It's perhaps swimming's toughest event. You have to be talented at all four strokes and have endurance. In total, the Hungarian took home three gold medals and a silver from Rio 2016. From the outside, it was a glorious end to an Olympic journey that started all the way back in Athens 2004. But in reality, the road to victory was very bumpy, no more so than when she finished fourth in London 2012, when she was widely tipped to top the podium. There was even some suggestion that at that point, she should quit the sport altogether. But her fourth place in London was the root cause of her four Olympic medals at Rio 2016. Andrew Binnett went to speak to the Iron Lady and he started off by asking why she didn't give up. Olympic Channel podcast exclusive. Looking back on my swimming career, it is it is a bit crazy. But if I if I look back now, it actually just looks like I'm moving upwards smoothly. Uh, my first Olympics was in 2004. I came 31st. Then 2008, I came 12th place. And then in London, I was fourth. And then in Rio, I won. So <laughs> technically, it, it actually I was just moving upward. Uh, but joking aside, I mean, uh, going to London before, I was uh, ranked number one. So, of course, everyone started talking and everyone had all the expectation and all the pressure. And I started to obviously play with the idea of how cool would that be to get the gold medal in London. Um, I haven't even been in an Olympic final before that time. Uh, so that was a first for me as well. And obviously that inexperience and the nerves got to me in London. Um, and coming fourth, 
it was devastating because of all the expectations beforehand. So, yes, I even myself, I played with the idea if I should keep swimming, if I shouldn't. There were people who suggested maybe I shouldn't, you know, I actually just um, finished my uh, university, I just got my diploma, you know, it just, um, it was a lot of decision uh, at a time to, to make. Um, yes, I definitely made the right choice and uh, <clears throat> I really had a huge drive before, to, uh, before Rio, uh, so it was an awesome four years to, to show everyone, especially myself, that at that stage I can do it. So what was it like finishing fourth? How hard was it looking at the guys who were meddling on the podium? I actually wrote a book in Hungarian about that uh, because it was a difficult time and the funny thing is that going into the final I was literally just thinking about the gold medal. Everyone before the final told me that you just, you know, have to think positive and you just have to think what you want. And I never thought about what if it doesn't happen. Uh, so during, during the race, actually, I think around 300 meters, it, it was a 400 medley when I swam in the final. Um, around 300 meters, um, I was third place. And throughout the race, I was already basically feeling sorry for myself that basically I lost and I'm only going to get a bronze medal. So during the race I was thinking that I'm still on the podium and obviously I wasn't focusing on the race and I just finished the race and I literally like glide, I was just gliding in the finish and um, when I, I took my goggles off I thought I was third place and I check uh, the scoreboard and I see I got fourth. So it was a bit more devastating than, than if I would have known the whole time and I was fighting for a fourth place. Uh, so it was definitely really hard. Um, and especially like this, that I knew that I would have had the energy to be third, but because I was so upset not getting the gold, I lost the bronze. So it definitely was uh, really hard, especially just counting towards myself that I didn't do what I could have. Uh, but I learned a lot and obviously it never happened again and as you can see in my race in Rio I was way ahead of everyone and I just kept pushing myself because I What I said in London after that race that it doesn't matter what place I am in until it's a race It's a race and I think I cannot be disappointed once I finish and I can tell that that was it And I had nothing else left then I would be happy after the race um, so it definitely have changed my mindset, so I, I, I learned a lot from that mistake. So you would say that it was a huge motivator to take those learnings from London and then reapply them to your performance for Rio? Definitely, that's something that, that completely drove me forward uh, in Rio. Obviously having three Olympics under my belt and just having the experience, having all the things that I've learned and taking it to Rio, it definitely helped me achieving three golds and a silver. What advice would you give to other elite athletes that have also finished fourth in order to stay motivated? I would tell them that take a little bit of time to feel sorry for yourself. I think it's okay. Like you have to just, just, just you know, cry and just be like, oh my God, like, poor me and it's just everything is against me and I didn't do it but uh, after that don't don't take too long with that because four years is actually not as long as we sometimes feel like and it goes by really quick and and I, I have became 
a better athlete and, and, and I appreciated the gold medal way more in Rio than I would have in London for sure. So I think it's actually, I'm, I'm happy now that I only got my first medal in Rio at 27 because I know what I had to go through to get there. So I think whoever doesn't get it at the time that they think that they should have or they feel like they would have deserved it, just keep on going. So I've noticed you're wearing one of your awesome Iron Lady t-shirts today. Is having this superhero-like alter ego a huge advantage in competition? And do you think it's something that might intimidate other competitors? Honestly, yes, definitely. Uh, it, for me, it actually helps a lot. Uh, for me, when I step on the block, I become Iron Lady. And Iron Lady does not feel sorry for themselves. They, Iron Lady doesn't uh, feel the pain. Iron Lady just just keeps on going. And you know, at home I can be Katinka and I, I can cry about the race and I can cry about the pain and I can complain, uh, but I can just have a different persona and it's easier to relax and, and, and it's easier to be more focused when I'm in the pool. After doing so well in Rio, are there now different things which motivate you heading towards Tokyo 2020? Definitely, um, a lot of times I, I am even able to look at the Iron Lady from the outside. So you can talk about the Iron Lady and you know, it's like, it's like I can get in the discussion and talk about her basically. So it, it is definitely, it helps me a lot. Uh, I have listened to a lot of interviews from Kobe Bryant. You know, he has Black Mamba and, and I definitely uh, took that as well. And, and, and it, it helps me tremendously. So you've had a difficult year that's been disrupt, disrupted by injuries and personal problems. Does that also serve as a motivator to help you f rediscover your best form and defend those titles in Tokyo? Definitely. I mean, we are halfway. Uh, these two years ran by so fast. Uh, and I'm, I'm eager to, to be in those two years when it's getting closer to the Olympics. Um, obviously, we are doing this interview, so everyone's getting more excited about Tokyo. We start talking about it, uh, and it just gives more excitement to each race. Um, it's, as, as we get closer to Tokyo, every race is getting more exciting and it matters more. Um, for us, obviously, this year it's a bit, in swimming, it's a bit off year. Everyone has their own championships. We don't have a world championship, so um, it is... I wouldn't say boring, but almost. Uh, so I'm definitely getting really excited to, to get into the real stuff and getting uh, closer to Tokyo. Olympic Channel Podcast. Big thanks to Andrew Binner, Alfonso Beato, who recorded the sound there, and also Katinka herself for being so honest and open. The redemption Hosu feels is obvious, and she's clearly more motivated after suffering disappointment at the highest level. Rower Emma Twig doesn't have that, or at least not yet. She competed in the Olympic Games at the single schools in 2008, 2012, and then again in 2016. In 2012, she finished fourth. Then in 2016, the exact same thing happened. It was at that point that Twig thought she was walking away from the sport altogether. And she made plans to cycle across the world, do something different, from Switzerland all the way back to New Zealand for charity. But as time went on, she started to curtail the trip more and more. She decided she wanted to compete at Tokyo. And so she cycled to Istanbul and now is already back training in New Zealand for the Olympic Games. 
I spoke to her just before she set off on her big bike ride and I began by asking her just how much of a disappointment was London 2012. To be honest, London was a, a massive disappointment. I went there with high expectations and, and the way that it all unfolded was really unfortunate. Um, um, the course on the, on the finals day, all the lanes were redrawn, so the fastest qualifiers went into the inside lanes. Um, and potentially I could have done better in my semi-final, which would have placed me in a better lane. And all these kind of things go through your mind at that point. Um, so it was a huge disappointment. Um, and yeah, I, I did not watch the medal ceremony. I think I was taken off for drug testing. Lucky, lucky fourth place always gets a, a drug test at the end of the day. Um, and, and I definitely knew that, that I had something more than some of those girls that did medal. And it, it definitely, while it was disappointing, it, it certainly ignited a fire that, that I needed to continue and, and be back there again in Rio. I mean, it's going to be awkward, this conversation, because I can see already, like, the disappointment in you. And it's like, I'm going to keep going on about this, like, fourth place, fourth place, fourth place. But that's what it is. Like, every day, I suppose, you get to be Olympic champion. But every day, I suppose, you have that kind of gnawing away at you that you, you came fourth. Yeah, for sure. And and Rio was, didn't certainly didn't work out the way that I had intended it to. Um, there was a whole number of factors that I think led to that performance. And... When I crossed the finish line there, my first reaction was just never again. You're done. Like this, this you can't have this feeling again. Um, fourth is, is a cruel, cruel place to end up twice. But I remember thinking to myself, you know, there's people in the in the crowd that have have come. My friends and my family have come a long way. Um, you know, p pick yourself up, row across in front of them, and give them a wave, and and kind of hold your head high. Um, and that was the. That was what I did. Um, obviously, got off the water and went off for another drugs test, but <laughs> it was a little bit of deja vu, if I'm if I'm being completely honest. Um, and a lot of you know what came after after those games, dealing with and processing that placing, um, I experienced two times over. You've seen me on a bike already. I'm useless at sport, really. And I know it sounds quite slightly like to make a comparison between like an elite athlete and like Joe Bloggs, who I definitely am. I'm so excited to meet any Olympian and it's so amazing that you finished fourth. But so where does that kind of like disappointment come from? Is it just because of the medal? Like why? Uh, yeah, nobody remembers someone that comes fourth. Um, and at the same time, I, I think it's all about the expectations that you place on yourself. In, in um, Beijing, I missed the final by 0.05 of a second as a 21 year old. And for me, that was a massive disappointment because I'd expected to be in the final. Um, and then again, Rio and London, both times I was aiming for a medal and I knew I was capable of that. So it's, it's about the expectation that I had placed on myself and not, not really meeting my own um, expectations and goals. But having, having been through that and having had time away from the sport and looking back, I can, I can look back with a lot of pride and, and look at what I did in those years, especially pre-Rio and, and coming over to Europe and doing my masters and, and doing things that really set me up for life outside of sport. Um, and I think that perspective is, has made me realise that, like you say, Olympians are special people, regardless of the result. And there's a lot that we can give back to our communities. And that's something that I'm, I'm going to take back with me as I go and, and go and sit back in a boat again. But invest some time in, into trying to inspire some kids and, and not really think about, you know, the, for me the disappointment was not having the medal. But to a young kid in a classroom, it doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference. Playing devil's advocate, I suppose and you meet these people all the time like really focused on just that thing and their whole life revolves around it 
and their champions. Is there not a little bit of you that is like, maybe if I just focused on like this little bit or done this, that, is that thought process happened? Yeah, um, not in the case of my masters. And in fact, the motivation to go away and do it was, was even more along the lines that if I kept doing what I'd doing, if I'd been in the boat in the single, I'd, I'd ask for change and asked my federation to try and hop into another boat and freshen up in other ways and, and that wasn't granted to me so at that point in time it was like what can I do to freshen up and I actually came back from, from the Masters um, setting two world records on the erg and in the best shape I've ever been and and it was more the fact that I had to then go to the qualification regatta in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the year of the Olympics that I think was a real stumbling block. Um, and it's not something I want to do again, which, which is again motivation to go back early and to make sure that boats are qualified and, and you don't have to go through that process. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's just the Olympics, everything has to be right on that day and um, they, they haven't been to date. So I'm hoping that I get, get to a chance to redeem myself again, um, all going well in Tokyo. Just explain a little bit about this ludicrous journey you're about to embark upon. Yeah, it was something that Rebecca and I chatted about years ago um, and I encouraged her to, to give it a go while, while I was rowing. Obviously, it was never an option for me. Uh, and then it, as I, I'd come to the end of the contract with the IOC, I was at a turning point, not really sure about whether I wanted to get back in a boat or to continue and pursue a career outside of the boat. Um, so it seemed like a good opportunity to, to jump on board with Sarah and, and Bex and give it a bit of a nudge. And as the days and weeks have gone on and I've committed more and more to getting back in a boat, the bite trip has been slowly <laughs> retracting as time goes on. But um, I, I'm hoping to balance it well, well enough so that I'm, I'm getting some good base fitness in. You're not just cycling though. Could you just explain about how you're going to stop off and start rowing and do a bit of training and who's that with? I'm hoping to stop off as, at as many rowing clubs as possible. Wherever there's a piece of water where there's a rowing club, I'm going to pop my head in and see if there's an erg that I can hop on or someone I can go out in the boat with. Um, yeah, hopefully hopefully there'll be some other people crazy enough to, to come and join me and, and yeah, maybe pick up some, some young kids to, to, to go for a spin with me and show me their home stretch of water. Is it about kind of clearing your head a little bit ahead of Tokyo 2020 and just sort of going in and out? a bit more zen about everything. Yeah, for sure. I think this is definitely a starting point for me in my, my journey to Tokyo. I've had a, a year behind the desk and I've done other things. I, I did an Ironman last year while I was here in Lausanne, so I've, I've kept fit in other ways. I haven't been in a boat for a very long time. I had a, um, a little bit of time when I was back at home in the last couple of weeks, but it's for sure the starting point of, of um, Tokyo and becoming an, an athlete again, the conditioning and um, I think it's a really great way to, to kick off, like I say, a very different perspective on, on what being an elite athlete is and, and perhaps less single-minded minded approach and maybe a more holistic one. When you see someone like the big man, Usain Bolt, he has all this conditioning and he takes it very seriously, but also there's like a kind of joie de vivre, he kind of enjoys life. Is, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, I think you definitely have to have balance and, and the more that you stew and you focus on a result, um, I think the less likely you are to get it. So it is certainly about balance. I know that we're going to have many laughs, but I also know that it's, there's going to be some really tough times and really challenging times. And perhaps there is a carrot amongst those tough times that, that I overcome that will, will help me out as I get back in a boat and, and start looking towards Tokyo. 
and it is the fourth time, isn't it? That's your your four-time Olympian in, in in Tokyo, are you? Yeah, lucky number four. I hadn't actually thought about that. Thanks, thanks for pointing that one out. But uh, it is it is the fourth time, fourth time a charm, perhaps. Well, who knows? Who knows? And uh, the in, in Tokyo as well, I can see it in your eyes. There is some grit and determination. Is there a bit where if you hadn't had those two fourth places, you wouldn't have? this kind of there's a fire now maybe not and and maybe had I won a medal in Rio I would have called it a day there um or or I wouldn't have ended up over on the shores of Lake Lausanne and and chatting to Sarah and Bex about riding home so I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and um yeah I guess Tokyo as much as I, I want to say say la vie I'm, I'm certainly going to go at it and give it give it my all dare I say it have you thought about finishing fourth in Tokyo? <laughs> you know what I have, and I think if that was to happen, I think looking back at what I've done in the last few years, like I say, I think my perspective has changed. I'm very proud of what I've achieved, and and if I can inspire people in the next couple of years, then fourth place is worth it. Thanks to Emma and Boris Heger who recorded the sound. Emma's bike ride was part of the Long Way Home. Kiwi Olympian Rebecca Wardle, who Emma mentioned in that interview, is aiming to cycle all the way from Switzerland to New Zealand. Head over to thelongwayhome.co.nz for more info on that incredible trip. And we'll have videos of that epic trip too at olympicchannel.com. So have a little look. So if you've enjoyed all this talk about never giving up, maybe you'll like the Olympic Channel's new Five Rings film, The People's Fighters. Over the past 50 years, Cuba have picked up more Olympic boxing medalists than any other country on the planet. The People's Fighters spotlights the legendary careers of gold medalist Teofila Stevenson and Felix Savon. Also, the triumphs and challenges faced by Cuban boxing and the rising local talent paving a future for the sport today. That's streaming right now on Olympic Channel. Just before we go, you may have seen that we went a bit figure skating mad over the past week or so. And last week's podcast was on that very sport. We had Olympic champions Evgeny Plashenko and Brian Batano talking about Yasura Hanyu and Evgenia Medvedeva's next steps. It's fair to say we had a good reaction on social about it. So thanks to everyone who got involved with our fan art stuff. All amazing work. We asked what Yasura Hanyu is going to do next. And Anja Hey 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 on Twitter said, finished the last stop of his appear in Tokyo to pick up the People's Honour Award and then fly back to Toronto to work on next season's programme. At Ahura's Alexis said he can definitely achieve the quadruple axle and at Christina Heides thinks he will make another score world record soon. Hmm. Remember, we are at Olympic Channel on all social platforms, so do give us a shout-out if you want to tell us anything. For a podcast recommendation, go for another non-sporty one, but why don't you give Control-Alt-Delete a listen? It's with fellow Brit Emma Gannon, and she does these pretty inspirational interviews about business, but also on things like how we should stop comparing and despairing online. Don't forget you should subscribe so you don't miss anything from the Olympic Channel podcast and give us a five-star rating, especially on iTunes. It helps other people find us. It really does help. Right, that's it for now. Until next time. Think like an Olympian.